This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. You know, just thinking, I'm reminded about a, a portion of Scripture in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7. And it really is quite a marvelous piece of Scripture, and I think extremely relevant for this time of year. And what happened in Isaiah chapter 7 is that a king by the name of Ahaz was informed. He was told that there were two mighty armies that were coming against him and the people of Judah, whom he was the leader of. They were going to attack Jerusalem and, and they were going to overthrow King Ahaz and put their own king on the throne. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 7 that when he heard the news, when the people of Judah heard the news about these armies, and they were very strong armies, when they were coming, the people shook like trees in the wind because of fear. I mean, they were terribly frightened. There was no way in their own ability that they were going to be able to withstand this force. And, um, and God sent a word through the prophet Isaiah to King Ahaz to comfort him and to reassure him that he was going to protect them from this onslaught and the plans that they had to overtake the people of Judah. And then what God did, very interestingly, is he told, he sent, actually what he did is he sent Isaiah back, and he, he told him to tell Ahaz. He said, Ahaz, I want you to give me God of the universe, okay? I want you to give me a challenge or a sign. Tell me what you want me to do for you to prove that I will deliver you. And he said to him, in fact, you can go and read it for yourself in, in the book of Isaiah chapter 7. He said to him, Make it as difficult as you want. Can you imagine God giving you an invitation like that? God says, listen, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure that you are always safe and that whichever enemies might be coming against you, whatever their names may be, lack, illness, armies, says, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of you. And imagine God gave you that invitation. He said, but I'll tell you what, Paul, if he was talking to me, he said, Paul, I want you to give me a sign a sign that you want to see, and I'll fulfill that sign to prove to you that what I'm telling you now I'm going to do. Gee, whiskers, I wonder what I would do. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't say if the sky is blue, I'd believe you. I wouldn't say if the grass was green. I would think of something completely crazy where I knew that only God could perform this incredible thing, and that would reassure me. Imagine that kind of invitation. Anyhow, what Ahaz did is he said, no, he can't test God. He refused to do that. And uh, Isaiah actually got a little bit irritated with him. But anyhow, this is what I really want to get to, is that Isaiah said, okay, well, if you're not going to give the Lord a sign, the Lord himself is going to give you a sign. Listen carefully, because he's telling this to you right now. The Lord is going to give you a sign. And this will be the sign that God says that I will protect you. This will be the sign that God gives Ahaz and you and me tonight. He said, I will give, there will be a virgin who will give birth to my son. And he will be the sign that I am going to take care of you. Go and check it out for yourself in the book of Isaiah. So to encourage you this evening, God sent Jesus, and for many reasons, and we've discussed those, but one of the reasons that we should really take comfort in is that Jesus is a sign from God to say, I will take care of you. I will deliver you from your enemies. I'm sending my son. That will be a sign. Powerful, powerful word. But as I said this morning, it's unfortunate that during this season, so many people around the world leave Christ out of Christmas. It's like people celebrating your birthday without 
acknowledging that it's your birthday. I mean, they arrange a big party and, and people have a great feast and, and they do this right in your backyard, Nochal. But your name's not even mentioned. In fact, you're not even invited to the party. And that's really what the world has come to today. But over the last weekends, we have deliberately been focusing on Jesus. Why? Because he's the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And we're getting to know him much better by examining the many titles that he carries. And each title really tells us something special and important about Jesus. And, and tonight, the title that I'm going to be continuing with is Jesus, our Savior. This title was given to Jesus in the book, or by revelation rather, through an angel to Joseph, the husband of Mary, before they were even married. And this is what the angel said with that message to Joseph. He said, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And so isn't that good news for us? Jesus, his name was called Jesus because he will save us from our sins, from our own destruction. So you know what that does? It indicates that the name Jesus means savior, or we could say rescuer. And it's important to see that this name was given by God himself directly through the angel, and it was given before Jesus was even born. And so we can see that the name Savior was the revelation of why God sent Jesus. The name Savior, the revelation of God of why he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to save people from their sins. Interestingly, the name Jesus is derived from the Hebrew name Yeshua, which really is another form of a name familiar from the Old Testament, Yehoshua, which is the name that we know, Joshua. And that name means salvation of the Lord. And it's interesting to glance for a moment at the role of Joshua in the Old Testament. What had happened is God brought Israel out of Egypt under their great leader, Moses. But Moses was not able to bring the people of Israel into the promised land. It required the rising up of a new leader, Joshua, whose name means salvation. And that picture of what Jesus does for us in the new covenant is the same as what Joshua did. Jesus has been raised up as the leader. He is the one. He is the leader who alone can bring us into the land of God's promises, the land of salvation. And it's very important to see that in the giving of this name and its application, that salvation is in a person. This is so key to the message from God. Salvation is in a person. It's not merely in religion or commandments or rituals. All those may be good, yes, they they have their place, but they're insufficient in themselves to provide salvation. It's very important that we realize that. Salvation takes a person. This is brought out again later in the story of baby Jesus in Luke chapter 2, verses 30, when his parents took him to the temple to offer the appropriate sacrifices that were required by the law at that time. And the old man, Simeon, who was at the, you know, the outside of the, the temple, who was directed, Simeon was directed by the Holy Spirit. He took up the young Jesus in his arms and he prayed a beautiful prayer to God in which he said these words, 
He said, for my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation. What was your salvation that he was talking about? I mean, in that little infant that was in his arms, what was salvation? It was just a baby in his arms. But in that little infant, in that person, Jesus was God's salvation. And later, in the public ministry of Jesus, he invited himself to the house of the tax collector named Zacchaeus. How many of you remember that account? And everybody at the time thought that Zacchaeus wasn't good enough for Jesus to come to his house. In fact, they began to murmur, saying, no, this, how can he be going to his house? He doesn't deserve to have Jesus go to his house. But when Jesus entered the house of Zacchaeus, this is what he said in Luke chapter 19. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who were lost. How did salvation come to the house of Zacchaeus? Salvation came in the person of Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. He is our savior, but it's a person. He's not in religion. He's not in works. When Jesus came into that house, welcomed and received by Zacchaeus, then salvation really entered that house. God's salvation is not just in law or religion. It's in a person. And you know what is very important about the person? Is that we have to know the person to know salvation. That's why salvation is not inherited because of who your family is or what their traditions have been, or earned by whatever system you may be devoted to. Salvation is a relationship. It's intimate and it's dynamic. It's a real relationship. Actually, the same principle is already indicated in the Old Testament. For instance, in Psalm 35, there is a prayer of David, which is quite remarkable. David was under much oppression. He had many enemies. His life was in danger. And in Psalm 35, verses 1 and 3, he prayed these words. Contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Listen here. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. This is a remarkable prayer. He didn't just say, save me. He said, present yourself to me as my salvation. We're talking about Jesus and salvation being a person. And we're seeing back in the days of David already. He said to God, present yourself to me as my salvation. Now, I believe that God recorded this prayer in the book of Psalms. And about a thousand years later, he answered it when he sent Jesus. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. I want to say to you this evening that less than God is not enough for salvation. Less than God is not enough for salvation. It has to be God. There is nothing else. There is nothing else. Something else that I want to point out to you is that salvation is not a fire escape. And why am I saying that is because you know, Jesus who came and died, and, and yes, he is our savior, and, and the reason for him coming to save us is so that we can spend eternity with, with him in heaven. But as we're indicating tonight, quite clearly, it is a person, and it is about a relationship. We don't just receive Jesus to escape heaven. 
When God created Adam and Eve, he did so in order to have a relationship with them. He spent time with Adam. Adam did not earn the right to walk with God by tending the garden. He tended the garden because he walked with God. And can I say this, that when Adam tended the garden, it wasn't a labor thing. It wasn't a works thing. Because when they were banished from the garden, one of the consequences of his actions was that he would, through painful toil, eat from the land. So we know that that tending the garden was a joyful thing that, that he did. And, and he did that because he walked with God. It was all about his relationship with God. And if we look at the book of Isaiah, we can see again that Jesus, God's salvation, is prophetically foreshown. This morning, we looked at that as well. We saw, as we talked about Jesus being the lamb and Jesus being the lion, we saw so clearly in the word that God, specifically with the lamb, he had foretold it in the Old Testament so accurately to the point where Jesus even remained silent in front of the sharers, just like it was foretold. And in the same way, let's have a look at Jesus being foretold in Isaiah as the one who would save us. Isaiah chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Have a look at this. In that day, you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you are angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. These were spoken by the word, or these words were spoken by the prophet of Isaiah. And he said that he has become my salvation. Let's have a look at this. This is what it's saying is that every facet of salvation is included in what God has provided in Jesus the Savior. And to understand the full scope of the salvation that God had provided for us in Jesus, we need to look at the meaning of a particular verb that is used many times in the New Testament. In the Greek language, the, word, the verb that I'm talking about is the verb sozo. And it's normally translated to save, but it's also translated many other ways. And one of them is to heal or to cure or to preserve. But every time it's used, it means that this is a part of what God has provided in Jesus, the Savior. This is the great all-inclusive salvation which Jesus brings. For instance, it's used at the healing of an incurable disease of a woman who had a hemorrhaging. She suffered from a hemorrhaging that couldn't be cured medically. And as she came behind Jesus in the crowd, and in faith she touched the hem of his robe, the Bible says, and she was healed. And then Jesus identified her, and he says this in Matthew chapter 9. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. Now, that word healed is the Greek word sozo. The same word is used for the deliverance from mental illness and demon oppression. Jesus, our Savior, not just to save us from and eternity in hell. Of course, that's so important, but so many other elements of him being our savior is what I want you to grasp tonight. Another one is, as I've just mentioned, deliverance from mental illness and demon oppression. In Luke chapter eight, we read about a demoniac who had a legion of demons. I mean, he had a serious amount of demons that had possessed him. But he came to Jesus and Jesus drove them out of him and healed the demoniac. 
And this is the end of the story in Luke chapter 8, verses 35. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man, this man who was a, a possessed by so many demons and was clearly not in his right, man, uh, right, ma <laughs> his right mind. They found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. This word cured in the Greek is the word saved. So deliverance from mental sickness and demon possession, if that's something that you are perhaps struggling with or you know of people that are struggling with that, Jesus is the savior from that. It's all part of the salvation that is in Jesus. It's also used about someone who's been brought back from the dead. Think about that. Jesus went to the house of Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, and his daughter had just died. Think about that for a moment and what terrible state he must have been in. But Jesus said in Luke 8.50, don't be afraid. That's his words to you tonight. Don't be afraid. He goes on and says, just believe. You know, there's another portion of scripture where Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. But God wants us to know, our Savior wants us to know tonight, don't be afraid, no matter what it is. Jairus was facing I can't think of anything worse than what he was dealing with. But Jesus said, don't be afraid, just believe. And she will be, what does it say? She will be healed. The Greek word there is the word saved. So we see so many aspects of Jesus, our savior, being played out here in the word. And then Paul uses it, speaking of his confidence in God's power to keep him through to the end of his life. Just Again, I just want to stress that Paul is, what we're going to see here, he's talking about God who is not able just to deliver him now, but he's there to see Paul through the whole walk of his life. Let's have a look at that in 2 Timothy. It says, the Lord, this is Paul, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. So I read that again. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Bring me safely. In the Greek, you want to guess what that word is? It's the word sozo. It's an ongoing preservation of God, not just in our current situation. So here's what I want to say to you. Paul, the modern age Paul saying to you, God saying, he will bring you safely to your destination. He will bring you safely through this life that he has called you to. You see, salvation is God's total provision for every need of humanity in time and in eternity. Salvation is God's total provision. Are you hearing that tonight? It's his total provision. Not just for now, but even up until eternity. Family, friend, what is it that you need? We all need salvation from eternal death. And Jesus is that salvation. And if you've not yet at least experienced Jesus as your savior from eternal death, I'm going to give you an opportunity in a few moments time. But what is it that you need tonight? Do you need healing? Do you need deliverance? Deliverance perhaps from fear or anger or anxiety or stress maybe. I think many people are struggling with that. Jesus is the savior who is, has come to save you from that too.
Do you need freedom? Freedom from hurts and disappointments, addictions? What do you need freedom from? Jesus has presented himself to you tonight as the savior from even that. Do you need salvation from your enemies like Ahaz and the people of Judah needed from those armies that were coming against them? What is it that you need tonight? You see, God wrapped it all up or wrapped it all up in one Christmas gift. And the name on that parcel is Jesus. Remember this, dear family. God hung his Christmas gift on a tree, not a Christmas tree, but a cross. And tonight, God is ready to do a work for you. And it's at this time of year that we celebrate and remember this precious gift of Jesus that God hung on that cross. He was not just the Savior from what we have to face for eternity and eternal destruction. But he is the savior that has come to ensure that your life in this world is a successful one and that you are free from all of these things that we've mentioned. And so before I, I do the altar call tonight, I'd like to pray for each person who in their hearts right now are reaching out to Jesus, the savior, and calling out and saying, Jesus, I need you to save me from this or that. I've run through a list of things, whatever it is that you need, I think tonight, convincingly, we can see that Jesus is the Savior from really any challenge that you might be facing right now. And so I'd love to pray for you tonight. And even though you're in your home, you know, Jesus, when he spoke to Jairus, he wasn't even at Jairus' house. He was miles away from his house. And he said, don't be afraid. She will live. She will be healed. There's no distance in prayer, folks. Right where you are in your house, in your car, I don't know where you are. I know you're not in this auditorium, but I know that you're watching. And God sees you calling out to him tonight. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and we're going we're gonna to combine our faith based on the word that we've heard. Jesus said, only believe. Isn't that what he said to Jairus? Don't be afraid. Only believe. I'm saying the same to you tonight. I'm saying the same to me, Paul. Don't be afraid. Only believe. So as I pray, that's what you grab hold on to, okay? Father, I bring every single person that is watching this message right now, and no matter where it is that they are, Father, you know who they are, and you can hear their cry out to you tonight. Whether they're, they're crying out from inside or whether they're truly crying out right now, wherever they are, Father, I lift up every single person. And I declare that Jesus has come to save them even from that even from the pain, even from the disappointment, even from the hurt, even from the illness, even from the captivity, even from the bondage, even from uh, the, the, the state of mind where they're not in their right minds, even from demon possession. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus for every single one of those people and whatever it is that their need is, I declare that it is answered by Jesus, our Savior, right now in the name of of Jesus. I thank you for freedom that has come to their house. Salvation that has come to their house by the person of Jesus right now, just like it happened in the word. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayer tonight. I thank you for your delivering power in their homes right now in the name 
of Jesus Christ. Family, I believe that God has done a work for you tonight. I believe that you can sense his presence right there where you are. And I, I believe that you have hope that has risen in your hearts and you have an expectation for a beautiful 2021 because Jesus has said that, or God at least has said through Jesus that he will see to it that you go through your whole life just like he promised to Paul the Apostle. Wherever you are right now, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Savior that I spoke about tonight, first and foremost, he came to deliver you, listen to me, from an eternity in hell. We've spoken about the fact that he's a person and you need to know the person. He's not a religion. He's not a matter of works. He's not routine. He's not an inheritance through who your family is. I want to introduce you to Jesus tonight. And I want to give you an opportunity to make him the Lord of your life. To accept the first and foremost reason for him coming as our Savior. And so if that's you tonight or you want to turn back to God, I'd love to lead you in a prayer right now. I want you to say this after me, okay? And think about the words that you're saying. It's a simple prayer, but it's a powerful one. Let's say this. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus who came as my Savior. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross, and you were risen from the dead after the third day. I give my life to you. Come into my heart. I surrender to you. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin. Right now, right now, my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Praise God. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 